so glad you're here. So glad you're here. Here we go. There we go. Um, here we go. I'm back on. So glad you're here. Thanks for joining us online. I know many of us are online still, and, but we're thankful that uh, you're worshiping with us today. You know, it looks like we're coming in for a landing at 2020, um, and we're not going to crash. I want you to know that. We're not going to crash on this landing. But, um, but you know, what a, uh, I've really been wrestling and praying about this message in particular because it's the last Sunday of the year. And, and I'm just trying to wrap my heart around what does God have for us on the last Sunday of this year? When I think about this year, I've, I've written some things down just to process it. Because, you know, we've had loss this year, um, but we've also learned some lessons this year. We've uh, had a lot of turmoil but in the midst of the turmoil, God has given us strength, and he's, he's helped us. We've, uh, there have been moments of confusion this year. But, but at the same time, God has been faithful to give us wisdom to know how to respond and what to do. Um, there have been a lot that have experienced sickness this year. But at the same time, there's been healing. And in some of those instances, it's been ultimate healing because people have gone to be with the Lord. There, there's, there's been a lot of confusion this year, but at the same time, we've learned a lot of lessons this year. There's also been, when I think about this year, we, we faced a little bit of a new normal this year, but, but we've also um, made some adjustments that, that, that have helped us stabilize. And, and I'm grateful for all the things that the Lord has done. But in the midst of it, there, as I think about this message, this word for all of us, because, you know, when we come and gather uh, around the word of God, though I get to preach, it's really the spirit of God that is using his word to speak to all of us. And there's a word that keeps, there's, there's two words that come to my mind when I think about 2020, and it's this, it's birth pains. Now, we get that phrase from Matthew 24. Jesus in Matthew 24, that, that, that is one of those passages of Scripture that, um, that honestly gives us all a little bit of anxiety maybe or pause or like, wow, because in Matthew 24, Jesus speaks of the last days. And he speaks of, of the difficulty that will come during the last days. That, that all of these difficulties that are faced are like birth pains. Now, I watched three children be born in my house, and, and I had the moment of watching my beautiful wife experience birth pains. And I was like, whoa, man, that's a real deal there. And, uh, but, but all those were, were reminders of an imminent coming, the imminent coming of my children. And so this is why as I've, as I've wrestled through the birth pain reality, 1 Thessalonians 5 kept coming to my heart. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there to 1 Thessalonians 5. Now, now this, this season, we've recognized that light entered the world. And I'm grateful that light entered the world in Jesus. Jesus entered human history. We just sang about it. The advent, the moment that, that Christ entered the world. You know, when, when, when Christ entered the world, what happened? Light came into the world. 
And, and when light came into the world, it exposed some things. It exposed the reality of our hearts. Because we realized, man, I need to change. I did. I realized Chris Wall needs to change when light came to me. It, realized, it revealed my brokenness, my, my struggles, my weakness. But in that revelation, in that confrontation, when Christ confronted me, it also helped me see the hope of salvation is not in myself. It's in Christ. And I'm grateful and light came into the world. And in this passage that we are, are going to look at today in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11, it, it moves us to embrace this call to be alert and to live in the light. And, and when I think about the importance of this word, of this message to us, whether we're worshiping at home or whether we're in this room, let me tell you something. We have got to move into 2021 alert. And that's my prayer. So if you have your Bible, stand with us. And let's read this passage, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. And even if you're at home, I would love for you to stand in honor of God's Word as we just turn our face and and it just helps us wake up to the uh, moment of, God, you've got something to say to us. This is your word. So let's, let's let it sink into us. Verse 1. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of the light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation." For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And this is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now the end of Thessalonians, of 1 Thessalonians, points to the second coming of Christ. Points to this, the, the end of the days of the, on the earth. The, the, the Bible calls it the day of the Lord. Now, now the Bible tells us that this, the, before the day of the Lord, there will, there will be these birth pains. And these are, are signs and, 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 and gives us the opportunity to recognize that something imminent is coming, and, and, and the day of the Lord will actually take place. Now, now uh, here's the thing. I, I, I'm not able to tell you today when Jesus is going to return. I don't know when Jesus is going to return, and I don't know if these labor pains that we've experienced in 2020, God is using, using it to prepare us to see the second coming of Christ, or if, one of the things I've thought about, what if God is going to use us to inspire our children and our grandchildren 
to be the ones that see the day of the Lord coming. I don't know. I don't know when Christ will come, and I would encourage you to never follow a preacher that gets up and tells you, I know when Jesus is going to return, because that would be heresy. That would be wrong. No one knows. But here's the thing. What we do know is Jesus will, in fact, come. And we need to be ready. And the Bible moves us to recognize this. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 says this, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So the Bible points to the fact that those who are alive when, when Jesus Christ comes will be caught up in the air with him. What a moment. What a day that will be. How crazy would it be to see that? Now, I know that every time a preacher preaches on this, and it makes people nervous. They're like, oh, no, I'm kind of nervous about that day. But, but the Bible speaks that as believers, we should encourage one another with these things. And when I think about moving from 2020 to 2021, oh, my goodness, what, what a year we've had. There's no way if you would have told me at the end of 2019 on this message, this day, that we would be experiencing what we've experienced, I would have said, you're, you're nuts. There's no way that would happen. But look, here we are. We're in this moment of, of craziness. But one of the things we've learned is how important it is for us to pay attention to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. And, and, and the Bible moves us to pay attention to the Spirit of God. The, the Bible, God moves us to, to interpret the world through the lens of His Word. And this is what I pray we, uh, that, that God finds us looking at the world, seeing the world through the lens of His Word. When I think about moving into 2021, we have got to be a church that sticks to biblical priorities. When I think about moving into 2021, I, and here's, the, here's one of the biggest concerns. I know, I know we have legitimate reasons to worship both in the room and, and at home, uh, online, but, and those are legitimate reasons. But let me tell you something. One of the things that we have to make sure that we don't let happen in our church, in our community, is for us to get out of the habit of coming together. We've got to come together because as a church moving into 2021, we have got to stick together. Now, when I look at this passage, look at verse 1. Paul writes, now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. So when I think about 2020, I don't need to get up here and go, hey, you know, let's try to understand all these things. No, we don't need, I mean, Paul was writing to the church at, at Thessalonica. He's like, look, I don't need to tell you about all these things about the, the, the coming of Christ. You know these things. Think about what we already know. The first thing that I, I've thought about, like, what we already know, we've learned that tough times produce blessings. 2020 has been a tough time. But God has already written to us that tough times produce blessings for us. Remember James? Remember what he said to James? Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds. Because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And when you think about uh, what James is saying is that, look, problems are going to come. Here's what's interesting to me about people in this day that we live in. There are Christians that go, oh my goodness, I have a problem. What? 
Problems are a part of life. Jesus told us we will have problems on this planet. John 16, 33, I've told you these things, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble. So we should not be surprised at the problems of 2020. Look, problems are a reality of life. Here's a fact about problems. God's blessing does not mean problem-free. That's the reality of life. And I, I sometimes hear people go, oh, well, God's going to keep me from problems. No, he's not. Pro- fact about problems, problems are, are often unpredictable. The problems we face this year have been unpredictable. That's a reality of life. Problems come in all shapes and sizes, right? We see this. Problems come, uh, I mean, when I think about this time, oh my goodness, there are so many problems in the world. There are so many questions in our lives. But, but look, we've already learned that problems produce blessings. Like when you think about what James said, tough times, what, is, what does it do? It produces endurance, he says. We, we are in, we're able to endure because of problems. When I, well, pro, endurance means staying power. It means uh, taking, uh, talk, it's talking about the ability to keep on going and, and to hang in there. And look, God has taught us already that we can hang in there. We have been through battles before, and we are battle-tested as believers. And, and, and see, problems in our past have taught us that we don't ever give up. That as a pastor, I want you to know, I will never give up, ever. Why? Because God has taught us endurance. And, and, and you know what tough times, what do they do? They build character. And I'm grateful for the character that God builds during tough times. You know, it, it's through the, the, the tough times in my life that, that my character is built, and, and, and that makes me more like Jesus. And I'm grateful that God has taught me to be more like him. I need to be more like him. And when I think about um, tough times, that's how I mature. And can I tell you that's God's goal for you? God's goal for you is to mature, to grow up in our faith. And, 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 and the whole issue about maturity has to do with our character. And our character really uh, is revealed by what we look like, on, what we do under pressure. And see, God has taught us in 2020 that pressure is a reality. It's okay. It's good. Tough times, what does it do? It builds character. Tough times creates real faith. I look back in my life. It's not the the times when I had the biggest win where my faith was developed. No, it was the adversity that came to me when my faith was developed. It was those times that I looked at the Lord and said, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. And God says, trust me. And he walked with me. And I'm grateful for that. He's tested us. He's helped us. Now look back at verse 1. Now concerning these times and seasons that we are in. Brothers, we have no need to tell, no need to have anything written to you. We don't need to be, we've already learned about tough times. We've already learned that, that the Holy Spirit walks with us every step of the way. We've already learned that. That the Holy Spirit is with us. That God is walking with us. And, I, and, and you know, I'm so grateful for his word. And, and that's why I was so excited about, about preaching this message. I actually told my wife that, that, look, I hope I get to preach more messages after this, but if this was the last sermon I ever preached, that'd be all right with me. Because this message is, I feel like I was born to preach this message. 
Because here's the reality, the Holy Spirit has been with us every step of the way. And as 2021 begins, I, I pray that we don't miss the Word of God. My wife and I are in this habit right now in our, in our quiet times. We, we, we are holding each other accountable to get up at the same time. And, and we, we are in our living room together having our own quiet times. But often, we're sitting there and Robin will say, Chris, listen to this verse that I just read. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so cool. And, and because God's word is so relevant to us. And we've learned that the Holy Spirit is at work using his word in a powerful way, guiding us. And, and what we discover is that through the word of God, he prepares us in advance. So I want us to recognize as we evaluate the toughness of 2020, what God is doing is preparing us for a future. Because he does that. God's word prepares us in advance. He, he sustains us while the storm is raging. And often we find ourselves, Robin and I, as we talk about the word of God, how he uses it to sustain us. How he, he helps us through his word bring us to the other side of difficulties. And we've experienced God do this in 2020. And moving into 2021, it gives us nothing but confidence in the Lord. When I think about the Word of God, we, we've learned this already. We don't need to be, have anything written to us about this. That, that Like 2 Timothy 2, or 3, 16 and 17, for all for Scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for, for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God, the woman of God, may be equipped for every good work. And when I think about what God has brought us through, He is equipping us for a future to trust Him to walk with him. Now, I'm thankful that God speaks through his word. I'm thankful that he confronts us. I'm thankful that he prepares us. So these things we already know. So verse one says, we don't need to be right, written about all these things. We know these things. We've learned these things. But as we move into 2021, what have we learned? What must we hear today? And it's this, we, we've learned. And we're learning that we need to stay alert. And you know what, I, I want to pray and challenge me and you. Let's stay alert. Look at verse 2. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Do you know what we need to be alert to? We need to be alert to the personal, invisible return of Christ. Let me tell you something. The Bible tells us, he uses this term all the time, all through the Scripture, that, that Christ's return will come like a thief in the night. Right before we came to Owasso, um, uh, we we'd already uh, accepted the call to come here. And, and one night, our house got broken into. And, and, a, and a guy came into our front door, stole some stuff in our front room. And I'll tell you what, that was an eerie feeling for me. Because my daughters were two just two rooms away from that man coming into our house. I think I knew who it was because the guy had come and uh, a few hours before, and, and, and I think he was scoping my house because like a knothead, I invited him in, got him some water, just like tried to, I mean, it was not a knothead, that was a good thing to do, but, but then he, he was scoping out my house. Now, if I'd have known that guy was coming and my daughters were in there, you know what I'd have done? I'd have been waiting on the other side of the door with my tennis racket. And let me tell you something, let me tell you something, I can swing a tennis racket, I can, accurately, swiftly, and I can put that racket exactly where I wanted, and I would have put that sucker right on his nose and then prayed for him later. That's what I would have done. But see, 
I didn't know he was coming. I didn't know a thief was coming. The Bible talks about that in the last days that, that there's going to be a visible return of Christ. And, and, and look, he's coming. And you know what? I pray that we're awake, we're alert. Can, if, if, I, if I'm going to summarize my heart to you, here, here's my heart as your pastor, is that we will be a church and I will be a pastor that's not asleep during harvest time. And that we will be a church that is awake during harvest time. God spoke to me years ago when I was a youth minister. And, and one night I was broken over my church and my students. And, and I was like, Lord, I need your wisdom. And I got on my knees and I was crying before the Lord. And I, and I said, Lord, I need wisdom. I got my, the book of Proverbs out. I started reading it. And I got to Proverbs 10.5 that says this, He who gathers crops in the summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a disgraceful son. And uh, not to misuse the context of that passage, but for my heart, God spoke to me about the fact that we are living in the harvest time. And I'll tell you what, I, I got to experience harvest at my first church in Thomas, Oklahoma. And what I discovered about harvest time is that that's not the time to go take a nap because the wheat has got to get in. And I told the Lord that day, God, I promise you, as a minister of the gospel, for the rest of my life, I will be awake. And as long as you give me influence, I promise that any church that I get to serve, we will live awake and alert to your coming and to serving you. So I'll tell you what, when I end 2020 right now, let's be alert. Let's be awake. Let's get ready. Because I'll tell you what, there's going to be a return of Christ. And I realize that makes a lot of people nervous. It even makes some believers nervous. But here's the reality. Look at verse 3. While people are saying there's peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. And they will not escape. Here's the reality of the second coming of Christ. We should expect this day of the Lord to be a complete surprise to most people. Most people are going to be completely surprised when this day comes. And you know what I pray? Is that we are so alert to the coming of Christ that, that we instill alertness in our own hearts and we instill alertness in the heart of our children. We instill alertness in the heart of our grandchildren. And this is why I pray one of the greatest things I love about our church is that we are multi-generational. And what we must do as a congregation is have our eye and our focus on the next generation. Because if we don't instill that alertness in the heart of, our, of the next generation, then we will have failed. And by golly, we ain't going to fail. We will not fail when it comes to alertness and instilling that in the heart of our children, our grandchildren. Man, life's too short and these days are too critical. We should recognize that the Bible says, Matthew 24, 20, 37, that just like in the days of Noah, people are gonna be just living their life and they're not gonna expect God to return and the world's gonna be caught by surprise. But here's what I wanna challenge us to do. And I think about being alert. That starts, we are ready to go to heaven. Can I challenge you, be ready to go to heaven. Be ready to go to heaven. 
Know Christ as your Savior. And this is why I don't want you to miss the gospel. Like Brandon said, we, we don't deserve it. We can't earn it. But let me tell you, we got to be ready to go to heaven. Are you ready to go to heaven? It says right there in verse 4 and 5, But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. As believers, we, we, we know Christ. We're ready to go to heaven. We understand the salvation message. We've received that gift. We've put our faith in Christ. We've had that First Peter 2.10 moment. You know, this week was so cool. I got to lead a lady to Christ this week. She's been visiting our church and coming with one of our families, and, and, and she, she emailed Casey, and we, she had some questions, and we set an appointment. She came up to my office, and she's like, I, I just don't know if I understand this, if I've been saved. And we talked about 1 Peter 2.10, that once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you'd not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And as we sat there, she's like, you know what, I've never received that gift. And right in my office, this grandmother, this lady says, Lord, I need you as my Savior. And right then she was saved. She was ready. She, she was ready to go to heaven. And, and see, that's who we are. We're ready to go to heaven. And when I move, as we move into 2021, let's be ready to go to heaven. But here's the second thing. And notice the distinction and the difference. We also have to be ready to meet the Lord. Now, now, not, now, there's a difference there. To be ready to go to heaven means you're saved. To be ready to meet the Lord, meaning, that means you're serving the Lord right where you are. You're ready. Like, I, I want to I live in such a way that if I knew Christ was coming back this afternoon at 3, that I wouldn't change my schedule. That I'd keep my calendar. That I'd be ready to go at any moment. Paul calls it like this, that, that we're to run our race with perseverance, that we, or that we are to, to, to run the race that's marked out for us. We're to run as, as an athlete that's, that's, keeping, that's, win, that's seeking the prize. And I'll tell you, for us, I pray that, we are a, that, that our church pushes me as a pastor to always live in such a way that I'm ready to meet the Lord. As your pastor, I want to lead you in such a way that you are ready to meet the Lord and that we're ready for that 1 Corinthians 5.10 moment where the judgment seat of Christ is our life. 2 Corinthians 5.10 where we're before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I want you to know when we think about the return of Christ, as Christians, we don't fear judgment. But we do want to be ready to meet the Lord by running faithful races on, in this life. Now, we don't serve the Lord for our salvation, but we work for the Lord from our salvation. And that's very, very important. Look at verse 6. Because we are all believers, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet, the hope of salvation. When I think about this passage in, in, in verse, verse 6, I think about, look, we don't have time to mess around with stupid sins or 
or disobedient hearts or, or rebellion. We don't have time for that. Life's too short, and these days are so critical. And when I think about what God has entrusted us to live during this kind of year, during this kind of birth pain, I'll tell you, God has entrusted us with, with a very important task. And what I pray we are is a faithful church, a faithful church, a faithful group of people that say, Lord, um, we are ready to meet you. And here's the point. We've got to be the kind of people that keep working for the Lord up to the moment of his return. And this is the kind of church that must continue until Jesus returns. And this is my prayer for this church, is that if we do our job when we're all in heaven, and let's say Jesus doesn't return for a hundred more years, that there will be a faithful body of people continuing the work right here, following the example that we set. You see, because followers of Christ, we've got to be faithful up to the moment of his return. And this is why I pray that we have the next generation in view, that we must not just be a church that looks internally, but we see the city where God has planted us. We, we, we embrace the call that God has, has moved us to and entrusted us to move into Tulsa as a congregation, that God has called us to start speaking Spanish at our church and, and to move into that space in a, in a significant way. Let me tell you, we've got work to do. And it's my prayer that we embrace it. But look at verse 8. I don't want us to miss the nuggets that are in verse 8. Because when I think about moving into 2021, we cannot miss verse 8. It says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober. And there, look at these three things, or four things, really. Be sober. Be awake. Let's, let's not get involved in stupidity. Let's not disobey the Lord. Let's wake up. Let's, let's pay attention. Let's, let's let these problems that we face wake us up, not drive us to fear. No, let's be sober. Having put on the breastplate of faith. Yeah, see that right there? That breastplate of faith. Paul, again, using that, that Roman soldier analogy of, a, of we're in a battle, and what I don't want us to miss is the spiritual battle that we're in. And when it comes to the breastplate that protects all of our vital organs, it's the breastplate of faith. We trust the Lord. We have learned that God is faithful regardless of the problems that, are, that come our way. God is faithful. We are a people of faith. We are a people that have learned that, God, you have spoken in your word, and it's true. All the things that you have told us are true is reliable. We put on that breastplate of faith. Let's move into 2021 with a breastplate of faith on. We trust the Lord. The second or the third thing there, if you see that, that wake up, that soberness, that breastplate of faith and love. Oh my goodness, there's so much division right now. I'm hearing talks of civil war in our, in our country. You know, Look, God has called us to love people that don't think like us. God's called us to, to reach out to people that, that disagree with us. See, we're to love people. That's why our purpose statement of our church says this, we're to love all people to Christ. 
Look, it's not our argument that's going to see people come to faith in Christ. No, it's the way we love people. That's going to be transformative. And as I look at even Southern Baptists, there's so much fighting. There's so much conflict when it comes to political discussions. There's so much dissension when it comes to ideologies. And look, as we move into 2021, we've got to be a church that's marked by loving the world, loving people, loving others, not bringing division, not bringing um, discord among even our, our one another. Look, we've got to put that stuff aside. We've got to learn to forgive like Christ has forgiven us. We've got to not hold grudges against one another. Goodness gracious, when I look at, uh, I was talking to somebody recently about um, the conflict that, that we, I feel as a pastor. Mask and no mask people. Um, it's crazy. We need to love people. We need to move into 2021 with a heart of forgiveness and love. Let's let the love of Christ that he's shown you, the merciful love of God that transformed your soul, Let's extend that to people that don't agree with you and don't like you. Let's love our enemies. Let's not miss verse 8, that love, and then look at the next thing in verse 8. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, what? The hope of salvation right? Paul, again, is, is pointing out how Satan, when he attacks us, where does he often attack us? He messes with our head, doesn't he? He messes with our mind. He attacks our, 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 our minds with doubt. Did God really save us? Does this really work? Is this really true? And, and, and can I tell you, it's brilliant. Salvation as a helmet's a beautiful picture. Because all through, in, in here, and in, in then in Roman, excuse me, Ephesians 6, in the spiritual armor, Paul uses helmet as a salvation. Now, now a soldier, a Roman soldier would have this helmet. It was leather, it was tough, it was covered with metal, and, and it was an important piece of the armor. Because you know what? If, you're in a, if arrows are coming at you and you get shot in the arm, that's a bummer. But, but I'll tell you, um, you're going to live. If you get shot in the leg, that stinks. But, but you're going to live. You get shot in the head, see ya, you're out. You're out of the game. You're, it's over. And so that helmet is important. And Paul is pointing out helmet of salvation. Look, you don't have to doubt your salvation. You don't have to doubt the fact that Christ rescued you. You don't have to doubt the fact that, that, that death is not the end. It's the door to eternal life. You don't, doubt, you don't have to doubt the fact that, that Christ came to rescue you from your sin. You do not have to doubt that. And, and what, I, what I love about this helmet of salvation, Paul's talking to a group of people that are already saved. And the helmet was chosen for a reason. And, 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 it, and, and when you think about all the, all the things that are coming down on us, it's, it's the... The helmet of salvation that speaks to this assurance that we have in Christ. And, and I'll tell you, I pray that the world comes to see salvation, comes to know Christ, 
And, and I love this helmet of salvation and the confidence that it brings me. Have you ever seen a little kid, like an eight-year-old, that gets his first football helmet? Have you ever seen that? What does that eight-year-old do first time he gets his helmet on? He goes and like runs into the wall or something. You know, he's like, he's, he feels invincible. He's like, I got my helmet on. So he's like, bam, banging his head around. And he learns that, okay, that kind of hurts still. So um, most of them do that. But, but I'll tell you, a helmet of salvation gives us confidence. Embrace that, verse 8. But look at verse 9. For God has not destined us for wrath. God has given us a new destiny but to obtain salvation, how do we obtain salvation? Not through our works, but through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we can't miss Christmas. That's why we can't miss Christ. And to miss Christ is to miss God. Because Christ came to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Who died for us, verse 10 says, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Now what does that mean? It means that if we're awake and when Jesus comes back, if we're alive when Jesus comes back, that it's going to be okay because the Lord is going to, at the day of the Lord, we'll, we'll be caught up in the air. But let's say we're asleep. We're asleep when Christ comes back. What does that mean? That means that we die before he returns. Look, whether we are asleep or awake, we'll live with him. This point, this is one of those moments in Scripture that points to the fact that death is not the end. It's the door to eternal life. And I don't want you to miss that. Verse 11, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. You see, folks, Christ is going to return. Remember that moment in Acts 1? Jesus had risen from the dead and and the disciples were hanging around. Risen Jesus is talking to them. And he looks at them and he says, look, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and give you power. But you are going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And he said, look, God's going to give you power. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you to be a witness for me. And as he told them that, they're listening. And they, I'm telling you, Jesus had their attention. And all of a sudden, 